The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These podcasts are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. So the stakes are very, very high when you store cryopreserved embryos, eggs, sperm, testicular tissue, ovarian tissue, but you know, even higher stakes when you cryopreserve and store tissue from cancer patients. In 2018, there were a number of notable failures of cryostorage which caused concern for patient and program safety for IVF in the United States. Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I am Jeffrey Hayes, and today I speak with Dr. Sangeeta Jindal, the IVF Lab Director and Associate Professor at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and Montfiore's Institute for Reproductive Medicine, about the ASRM Practice Committee opinion titled Cryostorage of Reproductive Tissues in the IVF Laboratory. I started by asking her who was involved in the process of creating this committee opinion. So, Practice Committee solicited this document Originally, I believe the two groups that were involved are affiliate societies, SART and SRBT, which is the affiliate society that represents all the lab folks at ASRM. So why involve both groups? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So this document was solicited a few years ago, actually prior to 2018, and it has gone through a number of iterations in response to what's happened around the country, um, particularly in 2018, there were several notable catastrophic failures of cryo storage. And because of that, it was felt the document really needed to be shepherded by both SRBT and by SART, which is the affiliate society representing all IVF clinics. So they have a huge stake in how this document came to be and how it ended up, you know, being written and what is being published as basic requirements and recommendations because their main focus is uh, patient safety and program safety for IVF in the U.S. Is there any regulations on cryostorage? That is a little bit of a moving target. I would say right now there are no federal guidelines that I'm aware of. There are no operational state guidelines that I'm aware of. However, the state of New Jersey is in the process of drafting legislation around cryo storage requirements in the state of New Jersey. There are several states that have tissue bank licenses, which address things like labeling and segregation of samples within tanks, but not exactly the cryo storage uh, requirements of, of the tanks and the personnel and so on. So the way it works now is SART member clinics are required to have accredited embryology labs. And there are two agencies that typically accredit uh, embryology labs, one of which is the College of American Pathologists, known as the CAP. And the CAP definitely has specific requirements and minimal standards. So I would say that is really what we're using as our standards that anchor this document. And that is really what everybody is using if they're running an IVF lab. The Joint Commission is the other agency. I don't want to leave them out, but they have not 
to my knowledge, drafted comprehensive guidelines. And whatever they do draft apparently will be templated off of what the CAP already has. Who should follow then these requirements for cryo storage? So these requirements are specifically for the embryology and andrology laboratories within IVF programs. So it's really the laboratories that would follow them. CAP accredits, I'm going to use CAP uh, just because that is the one that we talk about mostly in the document. CAP is required by SART. So it's, you know, 85% or so of clinics in the U.S. must follow these guidelines and minimal requirements. However, we do recommend that all IVF clinics and laboratories follow these minimal standards. Why is cryo storage an important topic right now? So cryo storage in the context of IVF labs is the storage of critical tissues. So the stakes are very, very high when you store cryopreserved embryos, eggs, sperm, testicular tissue, ovarian tissue, but you know, even higher stakes when you cryopreserve and store tissue from cancer patients. So these are often the last option for these people to preserve their fertility. And all of these tissues are important in cryo storage and can be called upon by the patient at any time. So we have to be very vigilant in storing their embryos and gametes. This belongs to the patient. It is part of their care. And because of the you know, preciousness of these samples, it is very critical. How does this document help prevent failures or what type of best practices does the document perhaps lead people towards? Yeah, so we are hopeful that this document will provide a template for IVF lab personnel to follow. The CAP checklists are enumerated within this document, specifically addressing cryo storage, but we know that the checklists do change and that the language can be a little bit dense. So we wanted to give a supporting document that enumerates five or six different features to really mitigate the chance of a catastrophic failure. What are some major points that you would hope that they would take away from this document? I I think what readers should take away from this document is that managing cryopreserved reproductive tissues in the lab, it does require skilled personnel and specialized equipment, and it can be used as a guidance for developing their own specific, customized management policies and procedures. The one main thing I would say, too, is that any tank that exhibits a loss of liquid nitrogen faster than expected should be replaced as soon as possible. I think that is easily the one thing that, you know, clinics can do without checking checklist requirements or meeting a standard that is common sense and something they should be aware of. And the reason to do that, of course, is to prevent a catastrophic failure where the tank fails at one moment and you've missed the red flags that have been telling you it's been failing slowly. However, having said that, adherence to even the most rigorous policies and procedures cannot completely prevent a rare catastrophic event from occurring. Dr. Jindal, thank you. It was a pleasure, Jeff. Thank you again. That was Dr. Sangeeta Jindal, who is the IVF Lab Director and Associate Professor at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and Montfiore's Institute for Reproductive Medicine. Until next time, I am Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today.
This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, other information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org.